This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, it's hard knocks night, so what a better day to continue our Inside NFL Training Camp Series by talking a little Raiders. Joining us is Dieter Kurtenbach at Dieter on Twitter. Covers the Raiders for Bay Area News Group, Mercury News, and the East Bay Times. Uh, Dieter, what's going on? So much. It is hard knocks night, which means that uh, I get a little extracurricular activity in every. I'm yet to watch. I'm yet to watch it though. I'm yet to watch it though. So don't tell me what happened. I, I, I look there firsthand. I hope. I hope I know what happened. Right. Yeah. There you go. And I haven't watched it either because I'm doing a live radio show. So you and me and everybody else who's listening probably has seen it or maybe they're watching it right now. I don't know. This, uh, is, this is this is great stuff. We're we're right on top of it. <laughs> exactly. So look, I promise I'm going to talk some actual football with you, but I wouldn't be. <laughs> doing my job if I did not ask about yeah. some of the extracurriculars. Got to talk Antonio Brown and Helmet Gate. What in the world happened there? And I guess he was back at, at, at practice today, at least walking around, right? Yeah, he was walking around. He made sure that the TV cameras and all the local media saw him. He, he needed to make it uh, wonderfully uh, apparent to everybody that he was there and he was in Napa because no one knew where the hell he was. Uh, and, you know, Drew, Drew Rosenhaus's agent was there because he, too, uh, has never seen a camera that he doesn't like. It was all a, a fun, orchestrated bit of extra nonsense, and that's pretty much all the Antonio Brown era in Oakland has been. It, it seems uh, it seems like a reality show. We're getting super meta with the fact that Hard Knocks is there. Antonio Brown's putting out hype videos every other day. Anytime a news story breaks, Antonio Brown has some uh, weird piece of content that he posts on his Instagram or on his YouTube page. It's all just so very extra and um, at some point this guy who is unquestionably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and then certainly uh, in the you know he's in that top three top four with Thomas and Evans and, and Julio Jones and then it's probably Antonio Brown mix him up however you'd like like the guy's gonna have to get on the field one so his feet are gonna have to heal he's gonna have to get a helmet that's approved and then three he's gonna have to uh, he's gonna have to show that he's worth all of this trouble because right now Everybody who, who's looking at what's going on in Oakland, up in Napa Valley, in the in training camp, is thinking that the Steelers uh, were, were right to give them away for next to nothing. Yeah, it seems that way right now. I have asked so many people here, the former players, uh, Dieter, that would you, regardless of the town, would you like to play with this guy? Have any players said anything at all about this? I, I just I can't imagine oh, yeah. that they're anywhere happy about this situation. Well, they're all they're all befuddled because it's. It's so weird. And, and listen, I'll, I'll be honest here. We can all relate to a certain level of particularness when it comes to our equipment as professionals, right? Like I like to sure. use certain word processors and things like that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't stun me that Antonio Brown is uh, favors his helmet. Like, of course he does. That's the thing that's on his head and he's grown attached to it. And um, it's just the whole process of saying, I'm going to challenge this ruling. I'm going to make this messier than it needs to be because Antonio Brown always makes it messier than it needs to be. And his teammates are looking around like, man, uh, we know you're, you're the real deal. But um, listen, when he got, when he 
got traded from the Steelers, all of the dirty laundry that the Steelers had kept under wraps, more or less, came out. And one of the big issues was that he wouldn't pay attention in meetings. And a big reason that the Steelers got rid of him, if not the main reason, was that Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger's relationship broke down because Roethlisberger called out Brown for not running the right routes. And they didn't, he didn't run the right routes because he wasn't showing up on time to meetings and he wasn't paying attention to meetings. So anytime they put in a new play, he didn't know it, so he just freelanced. But he's Antonio Brown, so he's usually open, and then he's complaining that he's open, even though Ben Roethlisberger is looking at a spot and he's going to throw it to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's not there. And if you remember early in the season, there were a bunch of interceptions and everyone thought Ben Roethlisberger was washed up. No, maybe it was a little bit of give and take there with Antonio Brown. So it, 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 all these Raiders are, are looking around and saying, okay, we know that this guy is a future Hall of Famer. We know that he is in, in unbelievable shape, feet notwithstanding. This dude is, is a super freak athlete. He works harder than maybe anybody in the NFL to stay at that level. But they're wondering when he gets on the field, what the hell he's going to do because he hasn't been in meetings because he was going to find a foot specialist and God knows where. He wasn't paying attention to meetings really when he was already there. He's got a brand new offense, a brand new quarterback. Uh, and a bunch of stuff to learn, and, and there's a legitimate concern that he's going to be able to learn it all or that he, he thinks he needs to learn it all. People are fascinated to see what happens when he actually gets on the field because ultimately that's what he's paid for. All of this stuff is extra, but, man, um, he's not doing himself any favors here. He's going to have to put on a crash course. Yeah, it's uh, this circus certainly is fascinating to watch from the outside. And I always wondered, Dieter, if this helmet issue was a, a – concerted effort by Rosenhaus and him to kind of obfuscate the the frostbite feet issues is that maybe in play here because I don't think does anybody know exactly where he is on the recovery from the frostbitten feet yeah he says that he's getting better every day there there is a full expectation it's just a skin injury it's not to the point where he's actually like going to lose a toe or anything it's not it's more emaciated feet it's a big difference there was a I don't know. You can get into it levels on levels. Basically, his skin is peeling off of the bottom of his feet. He needs new skin for the bottom of his feet. So that will come in time, as all skin does. Um, they expect him to play in week one. But um, I don't know if this was some sort of smokescreen as to not pay attention. Like, ultimately, there's a very easy narrative that you can create about Antonio Brown. Like, okay, he, he got his feet injured in a cryotherapy chamber. Like, that sucks but he could be a victim in some ways to that, 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 you know, some doctor or something didn't, didn't mm-hmm. take care of him right. Or wherever he was like, it, he can be a, a cautionary tale to the dangers of this. Like, yeah, it's a little weird, but I don't know if anyone's like, wow, what a bad guy. There's nothing malicious about doing that. But then the helmet thing adds on top of that. And you're just like, wow, all of this stuff is so blown out of proportion, <laughs> uh, mainly because of Brown, mainly because of Brown's track record. Everyone's looking for him to do something wacky. Now he's doing something wacky. And he's all, and he's just amplifying it 10x with his tweets and his Instagrams and all this stuff, and it's just like wow. Like uh, I know that calling wide receivers divas is such a, a tired trope, but this guy's bringing it back almost single-handedly. <laughs> it's fascinating stuff here. Talking to Dieter Kurtenbach in our Inside the NFL Training Camp series, he covers the Raiders for the Bay Area News Group and the East Bay Times. Yeah, let's talk some actual football here. Whew, that was that was uh, that was a lot to get through. Uh, Derek Carr's in the middle of this five-year, hundred twenty-five million-dollar deal. I thought last year, Dieter, and maybe you can correct me here if I'm wrong, because you were there, I wasn't. Just I had one of yeah. his better years from the outside looking in, even though the team kind of imploded on the field. What's your view on Carr, and is is Gruden and Carr are they in sync at camp this year? 
Yeah, I, I don't think that there's any reason to think that they're not in sync. I think they were in sync last year. They had a terrible offensive line, and Derek Carr is not someone who can operate in front of or behind anything that's not an almost impeccable offensive line. We saw what happened in 2016 when he had arguably the best offensive line in the NFL, and he almost won the MVP. And ultimately, that injury, I think, lingered longer than the good play from that season because ever since then, and maybe this has something to do with his brother basically getting knocked out of the league in a literal sense behind a terrible Texans offensive line, he has felt phantom pressure. And every hit that this guy takes as the season progresses, he just breaks down a little bit more mentally. He can make all the throws. If we were starting a seven-on-seven NFL team, I would be hard-pressed not to take Derek Carr number one I saw him make like a 45 yard out today it was incredible he has an arm and a half and it's accurate the problem is he doesn't he just he doesn't operate well when he's under pressure and the pressure seems to mount uh, artificially as the year goes on but you look around with what the Raiders got the offensive line should be better I don't know if that means they're going to be any good but they should be better he got sacked 51 times last year he has Brown uh, so he added a premier wideout. I think Tyrell Williams is really, really good. I like their tight end situation. They're going to have a couple of decent slot guys in J.J. Nelson and Hunter Renfro has been really good in camp. And Gruden's offense is built for him to get little dink and dunk passes. Like, he's not going to have to do too much. He's not going to have to push the ball too far downfield unless the situation calls for it. So he's going to have really good numbers. Basically, this entire season is built to see if Derek Carr has the goods or not. Because if he doesn't, they're not taking him to Vegas. And they're going to take their two first-round first draft picks next year. One for their own. Probably be pretty high if Derek Carr doesn't have the goods. And the Bears won. And they're going to do whatever they can to get the quarterback so that going into Vegas, they can sell season tickets under the premise of, hey, Tua or Justin Herbert or whomever is going to be the future of this team. We're going to have a quarterback. And John Gruden's going to coach him up because we all know that the guy they had before, number four, wasn't good enough to get the job done here in this brand new stadium. Hmm, interesting. Uh, you mentioned the tight ends there, how deep you are. You had Jared Cook last year. Everybody seems to be pretty mm-hmm. excited here this year with Jared Cook. He had a career year in Oakland last year. What were your thoughts on yeah. his play last year, uh, Dieter? Yeah, Cook's an outstanding tight end. I mean, I think he's one of the top 10 tight ends. He's a class guy. Uh, it, it was a great signing by the Saints. Ultimately, I think the Raiders felt like um, what they, they didn't, necessarily want to put too many of their eggs into the tight end basket they had a couple of young guys that they wanted to give more opportunities to uh this waller kid that they have they, they put some weight on him since he came over from baltimore and uh he is stupid athletic and as the league gets less and less physical and maybe smaller and smaller on the defensive end it creates a really interesting opportunity uh for the tight ends they, they don't have to be big hulking guys who necessarily necessarily can block in line they're uh they could be a little bit smaller and, and maybe that that's something that uh the Raiders will show off a little bit more this year but I, it wasn't because Cook was in any way a bad player or a bad guy in the locker room he was nothing but class both on and off the field I, I think that the Raiders ultimately just decided that they maybe didn't want to pay him his market value where have we heard that before with the Raiders and two uh, they wanted to give some of these younger guys a chance and in in, in training camp looking at it, it it's not a ridiculous premise to, to think that hey maybe two or three of these guys is a better option than, than just having one really good one I always like to end these inside NFL training camp series talking about expectations and what we're well, we're going to expect to see from these teams on the field this year. Final season in Oakland. Look, John Gruden's not going anywhere. Nine more years on that contract. <laughs> How good are the Raiders this year? And are they actually rebuilding into something that's going to be competitive on the field? 
Well, they, they, it remains to be seen if they're rebuilding into something that's going to be competitive on the field because um, they are so early in the rebuilding process. You can argue that last year was year zero, and this is the first real year of the rebuild. They had to tear it down before they could start building it up. So uh, some of these young guys that they got, uh, high-character guys, you like the makeup of them. You think that they have the talent long-term, but ultimately it's going to take them a while. They're not going to be immediate impact players. And I, I really just don't think so, outside of maybe Jacobs, the running back, who's going to be more or less the bell cow. We'll see if he can handle that this year. Um, this team has six wins or fewer written all over it. Uh, perhaps the offense is good enough to uh, to make a lot of games interesting. Maybe Derek Carr's good enough to get them over the hump. He has certainly shown some magic before, but uh, man, this defense is going to be real, real bad. I'm telling you right now, I would be shocked if they weren't the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL points, yards, whatever you want. Um, They only had 13 sacks last year. I'm having a hard time seeing where they're going to get more than 15, maybe 20, 20 was still 10 fewer than the second worst team in the NFL. They're not going to get to the quarterback. The secondary isn't good enough. And that's probably the strongest, strongest part of the team. And they got three linebackers that they're going to play in base. And I bet they play a lot of base because there's a lot of smart offensive coordinators out there. Those guys are sitting ducks. They might be the three worst coverage linebackers in the NFL. The Raiders are going to give up 50 points far more frequently than they're going to score 50 points. And, And ultimately they're going to get some teams by just having a good offensive day and other teams maybe not wanting to come out west or whatever. But with their schedule and everything they got going against them with with that defense and uh, who knows with the offense, it's really hard to see them drafting outside of the top ten when the year is done. He's Dieter Kurtenbach. Great stuff from him. At Dieter on Twitter. Covers the Raiders for the Bay Area News Group, Mercury News, and East Bay Times. Dieter, really appreciate the breakdown and enjoy the rest of camp out there. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, there he goes. Hard Knocks tonight. You can catch up on HBO probably like I will a little bit later tonight. Back after this, wrapping up, well, hour two, still one more hour to go on the last lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.